Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by James Martin to discuss writing a design book. But before we get into that, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So to learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So on this week's episode, we're going to be discussing book writing. One of your most important assets as a designer is your reputation. So as you build up your body of work and become more and more known as an expert logo designer, you will attract more and more clients. And along with that, you'll be able to charge more for your services too. So there's lots of ways of establishing and growing your reputation, but an incredibly powerful tool at your disposal is being an author of a book on your chosen topic of expertise, in this case, logo design. One designer that's very recently finished writing a book on logo design is James Martin, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, He's best known as Made by James. Uh, If you want to listen to that previous interview, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 79. But since that conversation from a couple of years back, he's been approached by a publisher and written and released his own book. So in this episode, we're going to learn how he did it, which I hope will inspire you to create a book of your very own too. So let's get into this. Here is the interview with James Martin. Right, James, you've been on the podcast once before, but since we last spoke, which I think was a couple of years ago now on the podcast itself, mm-hmm. um, since then you've you've released a book. And something I'm excited about, I know that a lot of graphic designers want to do this type of thing too. So I thought yeah. I'd get you on, talk about the book, how you get a little bit of self-promotion. But I thought we could dive into some of the how-to stuff. <laughs> That I mean, why why the bloody hell not? It sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, books are books are fun. I mean, I didn't even read a book till I was about late twenties, thirties, and now I read them all the time. So it's a bit crazy that I've written one, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, well, I can relate with that as well. I was uh, very much the same. I know as a kid, I didn't like reading, but as an adult now, I I love reading, uh, especially graphic design books. Anyway, so your book, let's talk about like from the beginning. So how did you actually get the opportunity to write a book of your own? 
So it seems like such a long time ago now, even though it's only just been released like over the last few months, it's actually been, you know, it's actually all kind of started early 2020. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a hefty old process really. Um, and obviously in between that, we've had this thing called COVID. So that was, that was also fun. So yeah, basically what happened was, um, I just got an email from a lady called Janine, um, talking about whether I'd like to write a book, um, saying that they're a publishing house and all the rest of it. And I was like, this is all rubbish. You know, somebody's having me (laughs) pulling my leg. But, you know, there were certain things that kind of started to add up. She was like, oh, you know, I follow, I've been following you on Instagram for a couple of years. You know, she was obviously sent me links to the website. And then it was all starting to, you know, I'm, I don't know if you do this, but even with clients, when they come to me and they say something, I'm like, right, you can find out anything on the internet. You can yeah. find out companies, you can find out turnover, <laughs> you can find out everything. So I basically did a bit of research and I was like, hang on a minute, this is, this is all adding up. So, yeah, just before COVID, really, they the, the publishing house Rockport, who are part of the Quarto Group, uh, reached out to me and just said, "Would you like to write a book?" Or if you would, and obviously from there, I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to write a book." I'm not too sure what I've got to say, but I'll figure something out, you know. Um, and that was what I quite liked about the whole process as well. They didn't come to me and say, "We want you to write a book on X." They said, you know, if you were going to write a book, what would you like to write your book on? So I was kind of in total control of the contents and the ideas and all of that. And you basically go through like, a, it's almost like imagine like the X Factor, but shit. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, you kind of go through like stage one. There, I mean, obviously, there's no other competition. So it's just yeah. you and you're kind of pitching to... First, you pitch to the editors, then you pitch to the bit the people bigger up, and then that kind of once you go through that process, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, we like the idea of the book. You know, how about you know you kind of flesh out some rough chapters for us? You know, you don't have to do a huge amount of like work before you start getting paid, but it's kind of like they kind of want to see how you would structure the book and then they're kind of, okay, well, yeah, this is, this would probably make it quite a good book. And obviously a book is supposed to tell a story, isn't it as well? So um, yeah, kind of got through all of those stages and then was offered a contract um, like we've sorted out royalties, contracts, payments. And then from there, it's basically, yeah, you go through like different stages of creation. So you do what's called like a blad, which is kind of like B-L-A-D, which is kind of like basic layout and design. So you kind of choose like one of what a couple of double page spreads throughout the book based on a couple of on, on sort of like variations of topics and what you're doing during that process is you're figuring out like figuring out the layout like the type hierarchy like images whether they bleed off the page how we do multiple images on different so pages. so james sorry sorry to interrupt at, at that point have you actually wrote anything yet or is it just laying something out it was well, so yeah so at that stage there is at that stage, there is a big chunk of the writing done. Yes. Right, right. So, yeah, you don't just kind of start picking up random topics. Yeah. So, basically, the idea is to 
is to read it. Yeah, so write it first, obviously. So um, yeah, I kind of I kind of missed out a big old chunk there, didn't I? No, I I think I think what we can do, James. I'd love to go into the process in a lot more detail. Okay, um, cool. So I'm I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to break down this in, into a couple of questions. And okay, cool. I, I just want to interject. So in your particular case you've yeah. been really lucky that you've actually been approached by a publisher mm-hmm. and they basically ask you to pitch an idea and yeah. you know they are then guiding you it sounds like they're paying you all this sort of stuff which is yeah. an incredible position to be in mm-hmm. um but i i just want to add that as a designer we've got the tools everything that we need to actually um not only write a book assuming that you can write if you can write, you can also create all the artwork and, and basically do everything that you need to for a book. And mm-hmm. there are companies out there like Ingram Spark, where you can basically upload your artwork and people can order your book on Amazon. Yeah, you self-publishing. Route yeah, it's self-publishing, it? it's print yeah. on demand. Um, I, I think if you can get a publisher, it's cool because they're going to put down all the money they're taking all of the risk um it looks like in your case they are like bulk printing them because it's got like fancy finishes and all that sort of stuff yeah Um, but yeah yeah, and and you can do that yourself you can you can still self-publish and do that but then you are taking all of the risk um but there are print on demand services so in terms of like an opportunity to write a book if you as a designer or whoever's listening to this to be honest if you want to write a book, you can write a book without a publisher. Oh, um, so in 100%. terms of this conversation with James, I want to focus on his process, how he's worked with a publisher. Um, I'm working on a book self-published and we can kind of share and exchange ideas. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So let's rewind on the process. You, you've given an overview so far. Yeah. So you spoke about how you got approached by the publisher and you basically pitched an idea to them. How how did it work for you in terms of actually writing that content? How how did you yes. go about that process? So obviously what you do is once you've kind of given, you fleshed out your chapters and you fleshed out what's within each chapter. Um, right. Can I, can I rewind even further? So working yeah, out those cool. chapters, how did you go about working out what you actually wanted to be in the book? It's, well, it's all, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just a process of, what you're going to write about so like with most i mean there's obviously always a beginning a middle and an end um so you know i'm always a big fan of telling stories so with my book in particular uh because it's the only book i've written or so i know what how i did that is basically it almost started as like so how do i get from here to here you Mm -hmm. know so how do i get from having no idea about design to actually now writing a book about design or not being a logo designer to being a logo designer or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not being a graphic designer to being a graphic designer so so you basically worked out high level bullet points for that journey yeah so the so i wrote out i kind of jotted down you know what i thought was interesting right you know right. um so it would be so what would people want to know so I kind of broke my chapters down into, you know, a little bit of my background, you know, my mm-hmm. upbringing, you know, where did that kind of creative spark kind of lead to? And for me, I did, I, I never wanted to write a book about 
me like a hundred percent. I didn't want mm-hmm. it to be like um, almost like a self-promotional book with just my work. You know, I decided to lean into helping other creatives. So it was, you know, luckily, you know, by having my ears open and my eyes open over the last 10, 15 years, I've been getting lots and lots of questions and answering lots and lots of questions. And basically that helped me flesh out the book. So it was kind of, you know, I was thinking, so what would I want to know growing up as a designer? You know, what are the answers I would have liked 10 years ago when I was starting? And that kind of helped me flesh out the book is like, well, how can I help people? So, mm-hmm. but obviously before that, you know, it's like, just who is this random person just kind of helping me? Obviously I had the, there's a bit of an Instagram following and there's a, you know, fairly good reputation, I would say in the logo design world now. So it was kind of, I painted a little picture of just my education, where I grew up, you know, what I was like as a kid. Um, because the big kind of premise of the book is, you know, you don't have to have all your shit figured out. You know, Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I, you know, I was very privileged. You know, I had a good schooling, good public school kind of upbringing, but then there were, I kind of talk about a lot of the bad stuff that happened to me as a kid and, you know, as that, which followed on to drug issues and, you know, leaving home at 17 and getting expelled from school and all of these bits and pieces. So I basically just wanted to, paint a little picture for people that you know that a lot of stuff does happen you know I didn't want this to be just look at all the great stuff it was kind of like look Mm -hmm. this is this is the good stuff that happened this is the bad stuff that happened as a kid and I kind of wanted to highlight that we all have a story and and a journey Um, yeah and I think that's really important as well because it makes you relatable and it makes people realize that no matter your situation you can become a graphic designer because I, I know, I know personally. Like I grew up on a council estate. Both my parents were the, were retired. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. I've still become a graphic designer. Didn't go to university, and I, I think it's good that people can um, see that. Because I, I think there's the um, when you only see the end product, when you only see the fancy finished graphic design, you know, on on like all the nice printed papers, it's easy to think. I can't do that. But actually, when you share that story like you have, obviously it makes it a lot more relatable and hopefully it's inspiring to people. So I think adding that in is a good idea. Yeah, I think I've, I mean, well, I don't think any of us are any different from the, from the next person. And I know you feel the same, you know, yeah, you know, ultimately we all have different lives. We all have different journeys. Um, but we all have the ability, I think, you know, to a degree to become whatever we want. You know, that's our choice. You know, obviously there are, you know, money, you know, does help, I suppose. But you yeah. know, if, you, if you can't be asked to get up the sofa and you're a lazy bitch, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah. some people, yeah. you know, we were never particularly like, even though we went to, you know, I kind of grew up up until the age of about 10 or 11 in not a particularly rich family, you know, mum and dad worked, you know, mum worked nights as a nurse, you know, so and dad worked all day every day and they both worked weekends and travelled abroad to make sure that we could go to school and stuff. And then, you know, it was kind of one of those lucky moments when a rich auntie died. Do you know what I mean? That I didn't even know about. Um, and I don't even think my mum and dad really knew her that well. So, 
and she left well very kindly left all of my all of my so all of me and my cousins so they kind of so it was kind of my mum's kind of long lost auntie who left my mum's my mum's kids and like right. the cousins and all that you know left some money in a pot to help us like with education and school and stuff like that oh, so, wow yeah so it's kind of like one of those like crazy random little miracles I suppose you could call it um but then again you know the school was I went to was great but you know at that school I was sexually abused by my teacher you know at that school I found a drug problem you know I got kicked out you know so yes it is privileged in so many ways but uh, there was a lot of shit that happened to me there so it's almost you know you can't change it or you can't do anything about it but I don't think you know there's all everybody's always talking about you know do you have to be educated to be in design do you have to be rich do you have to have a good upbringing and I don't think I don't think I think it's what you got in your mind you know if you want to become something you can become something I truly believe especially with you know what you need is an internet connection now isn't yeah, it Crikey. yeah internet connection computer and the ability to communicate exactly and, I, and you know yes that is an investment but when you're talking about businesses maybe 20 years ago you know where or 20 30 40 50 you know where you had to buy a building you had to have staff you had to do this you had to build you had to you know whereas today you can as you say like invest a few thousand pounds maybe um you know maybe not even that on a computer an internet connection and an idea yeah you know I mean? and then in terms of learning um it's funny how things have changed since since I was a kid I, th- I think we're both uh, a similar age yeah I remember when I was going to the library maybe even <laughs> yeah like like even a teenager in terms of learning graphic design there was no YouTube when I started working no. so I couldn't I couldn't sit there and 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 teach myself like you can now now you can just search on youtube and learn anything so i think anyone starting now is in this amazing um situation where if you have access to a reasonably good computer that can run illustrator and uh, you know have the ability to communicate you can do what we're doing (laughs) so it's it's, uh yeah you, you you don't need like um, degrees, qualifications. You don't even need any A levels or GCSEs or whatever they're called now. No, um, I don't, I know, don't any have qualifications. any A-levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need any qualifications. I mean, no. some companies want that. Some companies expect that. But in terms of your uh, ability to become a graphic designer, you you succeed based on your work, not based on your background and, and so on. I, I think you also succeed based on your ability to keep going, you know, your patience, you know, and yeah. your work ethic, you know. I guarantee, well, I, I know, and I, I know that you'll probably feel the same. Like, I don't feel that we're by far the best designers, the best, you know, creators on the planet. But we both work extremely hard. Yeah, exactly. And when you work hard, you know, opportunities happen. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a gifted artist. I wasn't a gifted creator. I always liked drawing, but I was never like top of the class at school. I was never, you know, naturally talented, but I drew every single day and I still draw every single day, you know, uh, and that helps me create better, better, yeah. better stuff. So I think as long as you put that effort in, you know, and you persevere and 
you know, you get through those days and those weeks where it is tough. You can't be bothered, but you're still showing up. You know, those are the people I think make it. Like all the people that people may be listening here who they look up to, like the Draplins or the Christos or, you know, the Paula Shares, whoever it is. Do you know what I mean? Like these people have been hustling for decades. Do you know yes. what I mean? They've been working yes. for years and years and years. And maybe without social media, you wouldn't have a clue who they are, but they'd still be working hard every single day oh yeah and they are in a position where they don't even need to (laughs) I mean that's the beauty of it I always kind of you know I I always kind of love that kind of idea is that you know I think you know you really know the people that don't necessarily have to work but still do work that shows you the passion that they've got that shows you the love for their job and I think I think that's a wonderful thing wonderful yeah yeah definitely and I think you'll be in that same position one day James based on what you're doing at the moment well I'm gonna work very hard all the time well you always do yeah right so let's go back to the book so you created it sounds like what you did is create some bullet points yes and I'm just going to interject a a tip that I did and it's something that I picked up from uh, Pat Flynn cool so what what he does he used post-it notes and it's similar to what, what what you've done, but basically on each post-it note, you write down a word or a topic um, that you want to include in the book. And then what he does is he then starts to group those all those post-it notes down into groups. And then each of those groups becomes a chapter in the book. And then obviously you put that chapter in an order. And it, you've basically done that in a slightly different way. But I, I, I do like that post-it note. Technique. Yeah, it's probably some people, yeah, it's quite... You know, it's nice for it's nice to see like where especially when I'm doing like writing notes, for example, a lot of those notes might be on different pages. Where I suppose with post-it notes you can see it all in front of you. At the yeah, same and you time, can move it you? around and and uh you know, put it into into different places. But in general the 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 outcome is the same. You have a high level breakdown of everything that you want to include in your book. So you, you started to mention um a little bit earlier that you were then bulking those out so you had yeah. the titles if i understand right and then you're you're yes. then creating yeah. content for each one of those headings yeah so the idea i mean obviously it was really important you know it's something that i spoke to the publishers about it's like i wanted this book to sound like i was talking to people i didn't want i did i really wanted it to retain my voice because that was really important for me so i didn't want it i didn't want them to make me sound too intelligent which is what i'm basically trying to say <laughs> um, so yeah i kind of wanted to leave those you know my kind of conversational style in there um but what so the kind of process of writing was basically what you would do is you would start with you know you'd start with maybe like a double page spread and you'd write that out for example and what you would what you and what the editor and uh, your editing team would learn from that is the style you know because obviously you have a certain amount of words I was only allowed 30,000 words uh, I was only allowed I mean that sounds only allowed that but I wrote like 90,000 do you know what I mean so you have to kind of <laughs> kind of bring it down to a book so um 
90,000 is a lot of content, James. <laughs> no, I, I, I wrote that book three times over. I had wow. so much stuff, but that's all good for when it comes Hopefully to... Hopefully you can repurpose it. Yeah, well, book, maybe maybe book there could be a second book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but I think because what... I mean, because it's such a such an interesting experience. I'll, I'll go in a I'll go into a bit more detail about that, but I'll kind of sure. bring bring a bit more value here with reference to how it kind of came about. But you kind of write basically one part of a chapter, and what you're doing there with the editor is you're kind of learning how to write a book. You know, so what they'll do is you'll send all your words. So I would write, like let's say, how to find your style. I'd write that little section, and I'd have like maybe five hundred words to write on that bit. So I'd write my 500 words, which ended up maybe being 800 and I'd send it to them and then they would break it down. and kind of talk to me about how, like I was writing paragraphs that I could actually explain in a sentence. Do you know what I mean? So having like the editor, what they do is they're so clever with words and they're like, rather than, because I had a little fluff, do you know what I mean? And (laughs) with a book, you know, fluff's great, but fluff in the right places. Do you know what I mean? Because a book is there to teach, it's to educate, it's to learn, it's to be almost fairly precise. You know, fluff can sometimes distract, I, I would call it. Like you can sometimes lose your point if you're going on too much. Yeah. So what they do is they kind of teach you how to look at paragraphs and think, okay, so what are you trying to say here? Well, I'm trying to say X. Well, why not just say X? Why do you have to have X and then Y, Z, A, B, four, nine, you know, after it? Um, So that was a really kind of interesting process for me because it learned me to actually be a bit more controlled with the the things and the bits and pieces I'm trying to say. And then so from that exercise, what you then do is you create so I had obviously timelines to have certain stuff done uh, because there was a launch date. you know, that all kind of went all a bit chaotic during COVID. But, you know, we still kept to that date. So it was all good and all ready in time for, you know, obviously printing process, shipment and all the rest of it. But from there, you kind of so once you've got your style down and you understand a little bit about the kind of writing and editing stage, you then do chapter one. So that was that was my first thing, like just write your intro. So, you know, you kind of you got 3,000 words or whatever, write your intro and your kind of chapter, but, you know, the, the intro before the chapter one mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that's done, it's like, right, write the first quarter and then you write the first quarter and then you have a different timeline for that. Do you know what I mean? But all the time you're creating stuff, that stuff's also getting edited in the background. So basically what you're not doing is you're not writing the whole book and then getting smashed with a load of edits at the end of it. You're kind of doing like biting it off in little bite-sized chunks. And for anybody that wants to self-publish, I would say that's a an extremely integral part. You know, you don't want to write a whole book for it then to be like, this doesn't make any sense. The way you're explaining stuff isn't working. What you want to be doing is you want to write a chapter or write a good section of the book find an editor or a friend or a copywriter or whatever give it to them and let them basically 
smash it apart, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learn from that process. And then you can take that through. I just want to quickly in, interrupt on that. It, it's interesting uh, hearing how uh, it, how the process worked when working with um, a publisher. It seems like the, there's a more um, structured process, which obviously makes sense. And yeah. as doing something self-published and um, that's something I'm slowly working on, my thought or rather what I did and it's partly to save costs I wrote the whole thing and then sent over to an an editor yeah what I didn't realize there are different types of editors (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) there 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 isn't just one like you don't just send it to an editor and the editor like makes it better there are people that will and I can't remember the exact names of them but there's like a certain type that will like completely restructure it and completely rework it yeah there are those that just read through everything and like fine-tune it and just make it better and then there are those which proofread and proofreaders don't go in and change stuff they just check spelling and yeah and uh copywriters editors and yeah 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 more structural stuff and then obviously editors that they're as you say different type they're editors above editors you know there's the big editor who basically just smashing it apart, then the editor who's trying to make sense of it all. <laughs> and yeah. then there's the copywriter. And then there's the proofreaders, as you say. So uh, Yeah, yeah. And and it can become expensive doing self-published. So that that's yeah. why personally well, I, I mean I didn't even think of doing it with just like a quarter of the book. I wanted to write the whole thing prior to sending it over to somebody. Um and uh yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too bad, but obviously each time I have to run it by somebody, there's a cost involved. Well, in your case, you're working with a publisher, that's all included in it. And that, that's one of the great benefits of working with a, a, a publisher, I think. Yeah, because I think yeah, I would have probably done the same as you if I was self-published. I would have just smashed the whole book and then gone, right, what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's really interesting to hear that they got you to write like um, a couple of sections first and then sit down with you. So, you, you know, when you said that they started asking you questions like what what is it you're trying to say here? Yeah. Was that like over a Zoom call or telephone call or, yeah, or was so, that just my email? Yeah, or? so they would do a lot by email. But in the early stages, it was very much on Zoom you right. know with nice uh, very hands-on yeah very much so because i mean i didn't i don't know how to write books you know i have you know before i do now but i don't i didn't <laughs> i didn't know when i was going through it and you know it can be what you know i've i think it's like with anything when you've got this like you've got to write thirty thousand words you've got to have like 200 plus high-res images uh it needs to be done by this time you're suddenly going shit right yeah. i'm also running yeah. an agency it's also COVID. Um, the agency got busier. COVID didn't help anything. I was writing a book and I was like, crikey, this is this is a lot. Um, <laughs> but the kind of idea that what made it really digestible for me was like realistic timelines and also like, okay, you know, it's like with anything, isn't it? Like a process. So, okay, right, I just have to get this bit done. And then once I've got this bit done, I can move on to this bit. And then once I've got this bit done, I can move on to this bit. So it was like, rather than just trying to smash it all in one and it becoming quite daunting, the, the, the ability and the way it was broken down into, right, let's get this, let's get it right down here first. And then if we get it right here in the beginning, then it's going to be a lot less work at the end. 
like especially with like the editing and like you know what are you trying to say and all of that kind of stuff so yeah from my point of view um, that was really helpful for me I must admit yeah yeah and um you know with self-publishing that's something that you need to do yourself um I'm I'm personally the type of person that I actually find it beneficial to have somebody um telling me so in general the the things that actually get done are my client stuff because I've got a client there that needs it and obviously I just sit down and get it done so I think with self-publishing that that's one of my that that's been one of my challenges I'm um although I have making time for it yeah like I've wrote 50,000 words it's gone through an editor all this sort of stuff like but things keep getting in the way things Mm. keep uh, becoming more of a priority um clients obviously you know you want to get that work done so you know it's, it's one of those things that keeps getting pushed on the back burner and I, I yeah. think in in your case if I, I'm I'm curious if you didn't have a publisher do you think you would have finished it in in the time that you did <laughs> if I didn't have a publisher I wouldn't have written a book yeah yeah so they are really driving you yeah they're driving you and and uh breaking it down into different chunks that's that's helped you you know they they've done all of the organization and and the push and and the drive and all that sort of stuff and i I think that's awesome but actually speaking with you now there's lessons that can be learned from that so you spoke about how it was broken down into different segments and how um because writing writing a book especially writing 90,000 words. That's a lot of work. It's months and months and months and That's an enormous amount of content. So actually just sitting down and writing that, that sounds scary. And when something is big like that, you kind of put it off because it's just too much. But if you actually think, um, okay, today I'm going to write 500 words. That's my goal. That's all I need to do today is 500 words towards this first section. That's and, exactly you it. know, if, if you've got it broken down into steps, that's a really good way of um, doing it. So what I think I need to do now is write down the steps that I need to run through, stick a note on the wall and basically just aim to tick off each thing one week at a time and then you know it's going to get finished because you're making progress that's exactly it's it's when you don't work on it if you don't work on it you're never going to get it finished (laughs) yeah if you said to yourself you know i'm gonna get up at whatever time it is and before i start client work say between eight and ten or whatever i'm just gonna do 200 words you know, yeah. suddenly you're doing a thousand words a week without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, because 200 so. words is like, oh, yeah, I can sit down and do that in half an hour. Oh, it's that's, easy. That's yeah, easy. I mean, you can fly from <laughs> it, can't you? That's the thing. That, and that rather than waking up every morning and thinking, I've got to do a book, I've got to do a book. If you break it down as well, I just need to get, if I can just get this page done today or this section on monograms done today, or if I can write this part about my childhood today um mm-hmm. or early in early morning on a sunday i'm going to just grab a coffee and go and write for two hours i don't care how much i got done but i'm just going to spend two hours writing and then i'm going to have, yeah. to have my weekend you know i think i mean that's kind of how i i did it i kind of they were like saying right we need to have this quarter done by in the next six weeks mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i'd be like okay so rather than just doing it all the night before you know, I would say, right, I've got six weeks here. So I dedicated time every single day to make sure I was getting something done. So it was always yeah. every day 
it was moving forward rather than not doing anything for three weeks and then trying to smash it in three weeks. I actually used the time I was given um, because that made it, again, like a lot less painful, a lot less stressful, you know, just kind of ticking little bits off day by day. Um, And then it all starts to come together. And there will be days where you're like, bang on it. You're like, it's just flowing out of you. And you're like, oh yeah, this is more making sense. And you just carry on and carry on and carry on. And I would say if you're in that situation, sod everything else, just write. <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. because there will be days where you're like, <laughs> oh, I just don't know what I'm trying to say here. Or I don't know what. It's like with anything, isn't it? It's not necessarily creative block, but writing's very, writing's very different. You know, it's slightly emotional. It's slightly, it's very draining. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of thinking involved. There's a lot of like, okay, so it's not just writing. It's like, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to share? What am I? What do I want people to get out of this moment that I'm writing here? Yeah, what lessons are to be learned? Um, you know, because it's not like a, oh, I don't know what your book is, for example, but it's not like a like a story that's in your head, like a Lord of the Rings or a Harry Potter, where it's all your imagination just going off. But even with those, there has to be structure. If you're doing something that, you know, you're looking for the listener or the reader, sorry to get something out and they're trying to teach them something. What are you trying to teach them? What's the best way to teach them it? You know, mm-hmm. what's the value, you know, prop here, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, yeah. So something that I found useful. So um what what I was doing and it was probably uh from November uh, uh twenty uh yeah twenty twenty to um like February twenty twenty one where I was like really just all on. And I just made it my goal to sit down and write. I think I set myself a goal of like 500 words a day. So every evening I sit down, I'd write 500 words. That's all I needed to do. No specific plan. But how I did it is um, I did it in a number of drafts. So draft one was just get it out of my head. So it didn't need to sound good. I just needed to get out of my head what I wanted to say. Because I'm not the best or I don't see myself as a good writer. So I just wanted to get out of my head what I wanted to say. And it didn't need to make any sense. It was just there on the paper. And then when I finished the first draft of that, I see that as like, that's draft one of the book. There is some structure to it or everything I want to say is in there. It's just a pile of trash at the moment. Like, <laughs> like you couldn't release that because it's just... Brain dump, isn't it? Yeah, brain dump. So I brain dumped everything I want to say. And then what I then did is went through again and rewrote everything. So just tied it up. And I found it really useful because um, I know people speak about this left brain, right brain thing, which in reality is nonsense. But I like the <laughs> idea of that you're in this, in, in one stage, you're in this creative mode and you're just getting everything out of your head. And then in, in the next stage, you're editing and tidying and, and improving and I found that a much quicker way of doing it rather than, you know, every sentence you do trying to make it perfect, you get everything there on paper. And and I found that I, I found doing it that way was a really helpful way to actually get something finished. Yeah. Um, especially, like I said, being not very good at writing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also probably stops you from repeating yourself as well, doesn't it? That's what, you know, I, I was very much the same, like just get everything kind of down. You know, like I said, I was 
I wrote 90,000, but it had to be kind of written, had to get down to 30,000. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it was like 27,000 in the end or whatever. So there was a lot of fluff there. There was a lot of times where I was repeating myself. There were parts mm-hmm. of the book that repeated themselves, you know, because when you talk about process and creation and, you know, you might talk about something in chapter one. And then by the time you've got to chapter seven, you're talking about that same thing again, but in a slightly different context. Yeah, because you forgot that you wrote that bit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the issue with, because like I said, 90,000, that's so much work, James. That, it was, that, it was a huge incredible. amount. incredible. Yeah, but, it's, but when you're, but if you, if you, you know, even like right now, like we're talking about, you know, we've been talking for 40 minutes almost, you know, we've been talking about the book, you know, it was something we're both passionate about. If you probably broke down our word count or our talk count, you know, we'd be up at about 10,000 now, probably already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? True. So by the time you're, when you're kind of, kind of writing and talking, you're just, just going, you know, and you're just going off and you're just, whatever's in my head, I'm just putting down. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So even things like, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, you know, when you start to kind of add all those kind of fluffy words up and, you know, rather than being precise with your stuff, you're you're kind of being a lot more conversational, like you're having a chat with your mate, you know. So rather than just saying, you should niche, you might be going, well, do you know what? I niched back in blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't too sure about it at the beginning. Blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of fluff, do you know what I mean, yeah. that you can do yeah. around any particular topic. So 90,000, funnily enough, was wasn't difficult. Because it was just full of rubbish. <laughs> it's just yeah, full of yeah. Me it sounds like you you basically approached it like I did, where you just got it all out of your head. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when I'm talking, like, like I know you'll be the same. When you're talking about something you're super passionate about, like logo design or my process or whatever it is, I can talk about it forever. You know, you have to stop me talking about it. I, I'm not <laughs> going to stop talking about it. That doesn't really help when it comes to having a certain amount of words for a book. I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created with Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work we put in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board with Adobe stock images to the perfect match. And if your skillful product is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other groovy designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match. And if you submit an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To take part and to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. That's theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So now let's get back to the interview. 
Right. Okay. So um, we've spoken about writing. I, yeah. I think we've shared a lot of really valuable stuff there. So how you broke it down and actually getting it down on, on paper and then fine tuning it, working with an editor and so on. You spoke earlier about something called a blad. Yeah. What is a blad? So a blad is what is known in the industry, apparently. I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's, I think it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like basic um, layout and design. Oh, okay. So that's what it breaks down to. So, um, so base. So what that means is you're not just designing a book. So once you've got all the words, you're not just trying to design a whole book. So what you do is you do a blad, which is like maybe seven or eight double page spreads. Um, so you might have you might have your content page. You might design your content page. You might then design like a very picture heavy double page. You might then do a very text-heavy double page. You might do, you know, um, a double page spread with writing on the left and an image on the right. So basically what you're doing is you're trying to almost frame your design decisions moving forward. So you, so by the time you finish the blad, you know what you're using for your headers. You know what you're using for your body type. You know how to house your pictures. You know... You know, if there's one picture that's got to bleed off the page and, you know, you know how your layout's going to look when it comes to the typeface stuff, You how you do your quotes, for example. So you're basically taking snippets, you know, you're taking us like eight pages out of the book, which you then do all of your, or I say make all your design design decisions on. So when you go through the process of creating the rest of the book, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, it's just basically a basic layout and design. So it just kind of helps you get on board with the editors and how it's going to be laid out and how it's going to be designed and all the rest of it. Yeah, and I guess from your perspective working with a publisher, the the publisher can approve that and make sure that they're happy with how the the general look and feel of the book's going to be as well. I, I guess that's why they do that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so I actually worked with so when you go through the well, like a publishers um they they give you two choices. You could either design it or they can design it in-house with your guidance. Um Right. So I decided to basically allow them to design it with my guidance, just purely because writing it and designing it and having it all have to be done, you know, it would have all had to have been done in the same time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I would have had triple, double the work, let's call it. Um, But, you know, designs, writing's easy. When it, design, getting to design layouts, I find it a little bit tougher, I would say. Oh, so. so in your case, you actually got them to do it? Well, I no, well, that's the thing. You actually design it together. So they, I, okay. I okay. kind of put the blad together. So this is how I see it rolling. This is, so it's almost like you project manage the design. Oh, right. um, so they, then I would, so after the blad was created, we go through like an editing stage of like, we go, well, I don't, I think, I had a lot of my sketches in there, which would have been white paper on white backgrounds. And I was like, well, I think they need some sort of board around them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about like double pages and like how that's going to, I want these to bleed off the page rather than be kind of cropped in the page. You know, you're talking about where you want your numbers for your pages laid out. Like how do you want all that kind of sort? So basically you sort all that out in the blad and then, 
they take that information and continue that through the rest of the book. Obviously, being a designer, I'm a little bit more probably pickier than somebody that isn't, you know, you know, you know what it's like. You want everything lined yeah. up. Well, you want yeah. everything yeah. like, you know, even like we see things that normal people don't see. I think most designers do, you know, if it's even a few pixels to the left, you're like, that is not right. Fix it. <laughs> so yeah, they I put that no doubt they got really, really annoyed with me. But um but yeah, so basically then we basically tandemed the design process. So I would they would do the layout of the words, you know, and all the rest of it and put the pictures there. Then they would bring it back to me. So they would bring back a quarter of the book. And then I would be almost like the project lead on, no, we need to get rid of this. This is not working. I think this should be on this side, you know. So you're kind of doing it together. Um, but again, which was a really handy thing for me because, you know, try as I say, trying to, I was concentrating on, writing the book um and that was kind of my main focus which and then obviously that went into the design stage but I was like at the beginning I was like because you make this decision day one you don't make this decision halfway through do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because they've got to line up some designers and all the rest of it that you can collaborate with um and obviously book out studio time and oh you know it's, it's a big old moving machine so um but yeah for me it was I think if I, I, well, when I write my second book, I will definitely probably take on the design myself because I ended up doing quite a lot of it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think my yeah, my slightly controlling nature took over a bit. Um, you know, because when you've got a book going out in the world, you really want it. I, I wanted it to be a little bit scrappy. Do you know what I mean? But I didn't want it to look crap. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's got your name on the front, James. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but, but it, was, it was a very, like I said, like a very interesting process, and a gl- I'm glad I did make that decision. But you know, there were some times where I was like, "Well, this isn't kind of looking as well as I wanted it to look." And but they were great. They were like, "Look, whatever you want to do, we can do it," which was, which was lovely. Um, so. Yeah, so basically that was how the design process went. And, you know, it's ended up being, you know, a really, really cool-looking book, you know. And it it also won, like, the Graphic Design Award for book design. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations. So, so, yeah, it must have done something right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, But, no, it's, um, yeah, it is a beast, you know. Even kind of thinking of talking to you about the whole book now, I'm kind of having, like, flashbacks of me, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Is this the was this the right decision to do? Um, but you know, you better got to take that risk, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, how did you go about um, things like paper finish, uh, the the cover? Because uh, I don't have a copy of the book. I'll be open and admit that. Oh I will God. get one though, James. Unbelievable! Uh, <laughs> I've been moving. I know, I know, I know. You've got space a, for books. I got you. Got a lot going on. And, and, <laughs> My face in front of you all the time is not what you need. <laughs> <laughs> but I like on the front cover, it looks like you've got a number of logos like embossed or something in it. Yeah, it so looks, but it yeah, looks they really were, slick. Yeah, so yeah, embossed on front, back, and spine. Um, you know, and was it all them or was that you saying, I want yeah, it? No, that was that was them. They were like, nice, okay, they were like this book. You know, I kind of, so I lay, I basically laid out the kind of front and back cover and they were like, 
right, these are going to be embossed. This is going to be like a gold kind of, you know, really nice gold, shiny gold, like lining. Um, we're going to basically hard back it. We're going to have like some really nice end papers, which are like the, obviously the, the kind of in, almost like the inseam of the book mm-hmm. when you open it. They're like, design us something cool for that. Uh, and yeah, basically they just said they're just going to go to town on it because they want it. It looks to. like they really have. Yeah, it yeah looks really nice. it is. I mean, that's what I like as well. It does feel nice. Do you know what I mean? When you're holding yeah. it, you can feel yeah. the logos raised. And um, yeah, it's, it's all, It's. I mean, it's very cool. Do you know what I mean? I'm very lucky as well in that regard because, you know, hardback book embossed. Um, well, yeah, I mean, doing self-publishing and print on demand, you can't do that with print on demand. You, you need to stick to like basic stuff, <laughs> yeah. but stuff that they've done, you would have to get that. Um, I mean, you, you can do this self-published, but you have to buy in bulk in yeah. order for it to be cost effective. And then, um, you know, if you're buying in bulk, you then have to sell them and distribute them and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. Uh, you know, doing that uh, self-published, that's where it costs loads of money. Print on demand, though, is you put your, you know, you you put your book online and then when people order it, it gets printed. You can still have it hardback. You can still, um, you know, have color sheets and all that sort of stuff. But it, in terms of like the cover, you can't do what um, James has on his book, his book. You have to physically, you know, get that produced in in bulk in order for it to be cost effective anyway <laughs> yeah yeah it's a yeah not cheap <laughs> yeah so so what was it like james to actually get a first copy of that book what was it like to get a copy of the book for the first time i don't know i had to i just had to repeat that to try and let it digest a little <laughs> bit um yeah it's it's a very weird it's a very weird feeling um it kind of goes it's, it suddenly feels very real and I think yeah. what I mean by that is up until that point, it's it's on computer. Do you know what I mean? Digital yeah. format, it's written words, chatting between you and the editor. It's all quite closed, quite private. Um, and then seeing it come through the door is this, it's like a huge wave of excitement and then this huge wave of nervousness and crap in your pants. <laughs> and because once it's, you know, it's, there's no going back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, yeah. now everything's out there in the world, um, which is, which is not a problem. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that, but obviously there's, especially within my book, there's quite a lot of openness and vulnerability and stuff that a lot of people won't know about me, but I, you know, you know, that's, I chose to put it in there because I knew it was difficult to talk about and I know it's going to help people. Do you know what I mean? So I think in that regard, you know, it's kind of, it's, as I say, it's like so many mixed emotions. It's a bit of relief because it's finished, you know, it's quite, (laughs) it's a long old slog writing a book. Um, And yes, a bit of relief, like super amounts of excitement, like, like chuffed as like super chuffed, like really proud of myself. And also just, you know, almost like this, yeah, kind of it's I did it. Do you know what I mean? It's done. And it's now, you know, it's also almost this kind of feeling of right, now the hard work starts, <laughs> which is oh, kind yeah, of like promotion. which is like selling it. Yeah, yeah. Which is like you think, crikey, I've just spent like year and a half 
in the process of creating this book in the middle of COVID. And now it's here. And now the hard work starts. I'm like, crikey, right. That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're already doing a lot of self-promotion anyway, because I I frequently see you on podcasts. I you're you're posting on social media all the time. You do um, you know, Instagram stories, Instagram posts. So you're kind of already doing that stuff anyway. Yeah. But now I suppose, you can go, I have a book. Yeah, it. I suppose <laughs> now there's actually some real content that I can share. Yeah. <laughs> rather than just me telling saying what's in my brain. Um but yes, it's it's, it's also a difficult thing because I think, you know, naturally as creatives, it's you know, we're not salesmen or a sales team. So selling has always felt quite difficult. It's a lot more natural now, obviously over time, learning to sell my expertise to clients and, you know, prospects and all the rest of it. And obviously to the, to the publishers and all the rest of it. But before, you know, selling was like, you know, it's like dirty, you know, I don't want to, you know, because there's so many dirty tactics, isn't there online, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. people just promising the world and delivering not even, the letter W, do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, 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 it's trying to find a way of like, because I sometimes even now, like with the book out, I feel like, Oh, should I, should I reshare that person's post of my, them with my books? I don't want people to get bored or should I talk about the books? I don't want people to get bored, you know, but I've, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I've got to sell the book. It as well. well so. I mean, what we're doing now, and and it's one of the reasons why I thought I'd invite you on. We are talking about the book, but this, what we're actually doing, is sales. Well, yeah. just yeah. it just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, because that's... hopefully people will listen to this and think, "I like James. I want his book. I want to support what he's doing." I, I think you should. <laughs> I think you should do that. I think everybody should do that right now. Yeah, buy my book. Yeah, uh, buy my book. Baron <laughs> Raplin does that. He goes buy my book. book. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could just finish the podcast now. Just buy my book. Um, but yeah, no, it is. But it is. You know, I think as, and I think that's the difference between you know a creative and a creative that makes something of themselves, isn't it? Is the is the ability to market and sell well I say not make something of themselves but I think yeah, there are some fantastically talented artists in the world who just can't get out there and can't get in front of the right people or can't find the work but there are some average artists who are making lots of money and I think the difference is is marketing and selling yeah um, yeah I, I mean I I think that's why the publisher reached out to you initially because they could see okay you have an audience um, you're active on social media, you do good work, you know, they, they could probably see you'd be ideal to be a person to write a book with them. And, and obviously now, you know, we're, you, you came on here, I invited you on, hopefully people will buy the book listening to this. I mean, that, that's not why I got you on. Well, I mean, it partly works, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we're, we're talking about your <laughs> yeah. book. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, I, I think because you are already established, people trust you, people know, like, and trust you, you know, all that sort of thing. They would just naturally buy your book. But I think if if you came on here being, you know, some random new person that nobody's ever heard of, that would be different because that would be a harder sell. But now it's like, oh, James, you know, Made by James. Everyone knows Made by James. I want his book, brings out a book. You, you buy it without even thinking. So yeah. I think all of the work that you've been doing over however many years all of that reputation building reputation growth it's it's established you as an expert as 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 um 
you know, kind of like your 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 best mate, a little bit like what, what Michael Jander does. You know, Michael yeah. Jander's an expert, but you see him as a friend at the same time. Very much so. And yeah. I think you doing that will be of great advantage to you in terms of selling the book. Yeah, I think I think firstly, thank you very much. I think what the I think yeah, the word you say there is is reputation, mm-hmm. and I think that is something that. I didn't have for a decade, you know, and I think, and I think, I think we, I know we kind of approached on it, I think before, um, is they happen. It takes a long time to build and find your voice and build a business and build a reputation and, you know, decades, you know, and a lot of the people that I look up to, you know, like your Mike Janders or your Chris Doe's or your Draplins, you know, or your Paul Deshares, whoever they are. Do you know what I mean? Brené Brown. These people have been doing the stuff that they've been doing for decades, mm-hmm. decades and decades. They weren't. And it's not an overnight success thing. Well, and- yeah. I, I mean, you, I guess both of us to some degree, we are following that same path where we're slowly building up that credibility. Now you have a book. And that book will give you so much more weight. You know, I actually think that that kind of catapults you to a new um, level because not only is it a book, but it's, it's um, I, I haven't read it yet, but it's, I'm going to assume it's a very good book. It's got a publisher behind it. How many have you sold, James? Have you sold many? I don't know exact numbers, um, but I do know that Amazon UK did... Uh, one thousand five hundred on wow. pre on pre order. That was just Amazon. That UK. was just UK. Wow. Yeah. So that is mind blowing for me because I was <laughs> kind of hoping to sell a thousand. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You know, you kind of like, oh, I just hope, you know, oh, I hope like one person buys it. Then you're like, okay, well, I hope. Well, your publisher must be really happy with that. <laughs> they, they are happy. They are, they are <laughs> happy with me, which is um, always a good thing. Because I mean, that's because that's another thing for me is building relationship. I want to build a. I want to do another book, you know. And there is talks of another book already like, in the pipeline, um, but. You know, I don't want to let people down. I don't want people, I want to kind of pay back people's trust in me, you know. So yeah. for me, it's it's quite a lot of weight to bear on your shoulders. You know, you've got to write this book. You've got to write a book that people are going to buy. You've got to write a book that is going to sell. And to know that it has done that and all those things, because what, what, what would have been the worst case scenario, they invest in me. We both put in all this work. It goes out, you know, obviously I've been given a chunk of money to, to get going, but, you know, I can almost not, I mean, it's, it'll be kind of a bit of an ego dent, I suppose, and a bit of like a, a bit quite deflating if nobody bought it. Um, but I can carry on with my life and do my work and, mm-hmm. you know, but for the publishers, it's kind of like, ah, oh, that was yeah. They put in the, uh, the do, financing. They, yeah, they put in a lot of risk. time and effort and risk. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't. And it, if it didn't pay off, I would forever, although be okay, feel a little bit bad about that. You know, feel like I'd let them down. So the fact that I haven't, and it has done really well, um, and I don't know, you know, so it was, you know, when it came out as bestseller in UK and. 
US, and I don't. I think it might be number two or three now, but uh, but that's after four weeks. It's it's almost, it was a bestseller at one point. Yeah, so it was, now yeah, you can say now you can say it's a bestseller. Yeah, I don't like to do that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It can't, it's a bit. I I sold it and it was a bestseller one for one day. I don't think that really counts. But no, I mean it was number one for like four weeks on Amazon, which is yeah. which is which I'm really proud of. And but that wouldn't have happened without the support of the people that bought it you know that's not me yeah. that's down to the people that supported me and you know and i'm forever grateful for that so yeah, yeah. it's it's exciting it's exciting yeah yeah well i think that's a good point to wrap up the interview and uh, i hope people listening have found it um you know useful having a bit of an insight into the process and um yeah go and buy james's book i'm i'm gonna you know be able to say this is my way of giving back to james to to help him uh promote this book so well you should yeah, you should have told them it. to buy two but go buy two buy books, two, Ellie, buy well, two. yeah maybe you know. three maybe yeah. four i mean we've all we've all got a girlfriend a dog <laughs> a boyfriend whatever it is you know just buy everybody one you got everybody you know just buy the book you know <laughs> i mean right. james could you maybe throw in a bonus if people buy a load like if, if, they you, buy if, you, if you buy if you buy 10 books i will send you a hat how about that <laughs> that is cool i actually think people might take up the offer <laughs> <laughs> well i hope so yeah so would they need to con- like if you was genuinely going to do that would they need to contact you directly yeah i mean if anybody does do that <laughs> yeah, cool. just dm me and show me show me your receipt and well, I'll, there you um, go i'll send That's you a logo app. geek a logo geek discount um, <laughs> that as an exclusive <laughs> pe- yeah special for people that made it all the way to the end of the interview yeah i love that love that brilliant well thanks I'll, very I'll much tell you what, i'll definitely do it too <laughs> cool awesome good stuff okay then thanks very much james it's been fantastic speaking once again yeah cheers buddy always a pleasure thank you so much james for coming on the podcast for a second time if you're listening and you want to buy james's book made by james the honest guide to creativity and logo design you can find it on amazon so i'll link to that along with james's social profiles and a transcription of the interview in the show notes for this episode which you can find by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 126 and don't forget to go and check out the sponsor of this podcast the perfect match and start working on your mood board design for a chance to win one thousand dollars just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash logogeek So thanks so much for listening and I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.